Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome to the Gospel for Life. Now, yesterday on the program, Russell, you know I love you. <laughs> I was not... Doesn't feel like it. <laughs> I was not uh, aiming in any way, just in case our listeners can't tell of sarcasm on the air. I don't know, but I just found myself all day yesterday then reading Psalm 88 over and over <laughs> and over again um, because of all of the hurt that I was experiencing. Yeah, I, so just yeah. so our listeners know, we love the... Heidelberg Catechism and the Belgic Confession and the Canons of Dort. Us Westminster guys, we love that stuff. Yeah, so. we do. Yeah, we do. There are uh, there, there are a couple there, good there, things in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. They're sort of they're sort of like our our younger little cousins, the the Dutch Reformed. Yeah, yeah. sweet children. <laughs> All right, uh, I don't know where to go from there, so we will get started. Well, you can go up, <laughs> is what I would suggest. Perfect, we'll go up. So we've been looking at the Psalms, uh, very, you know, very edifying, v- very good stuff. Uh, do you guys are you guys aware of any? Isn't there a book called Praying Through the Psalms? I believe there is. I can't remember who the author is. Anyway, the reason why I bring that up is because. You know, the Psalms, unlike, you know, like say, for instance, the book of Revelation, obviously very different genres, um, but the Psalms are meant to be sung, to be prayed, to be read devotionally. Uh, you had mentioned yesterday in the program, uh, Russ, that uh, just to, to kind of stop and, and linger and, and meditate on the Psalms. And, and I, I tell you what, in my kind of daily devotional reading, the Psalms are always my favorite part of whatever I'm reading. And this is why, I mean, I come from a tradition where we, we do sing the psalms in, in our worship service, mm-hmm. um, not exclusively, but um, it is still part of, of, our, of our weekly worship. Um, and I have just been so thankful for so many modern hymn writers, songwriters that have, if you will, rediscovered the psalms and are rendering more and more songs based upon the language of the Psalms. Um, and so I've been very thankful for that, that we not only have the older Psalter, if you will, um, or older, older Psalm-based songs from the last 500 years, but we now have um, some that are being produced right now that are um, Psalm-faithful and, and Psalm-friendly um, that are hopefully helping people rediscover the truths of the Psalms yeah. in song. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, so we are looking at Psalm 91 this morning. Phil, you want to read that for us? Sure. Uh, Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence 
He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you and guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Well, this psalm begins with this heavy threat that the psalmist is is facing, and the threat the threat really is is, is at least three things: the threat of death, uh, the the threat of sin, and the threat of judgment. And he uses very you know graphic uh, imagery to to flesh this out. Though, so I would de- he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the deadly pestilence. Um, the terror of night, the arrow that flies by day, the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, the destruction that wastes at noonday. And so these aren't, you know, so so we've looked at some Psalms that where there's a darkness of soul, there's a lamenting that's happening. But in this particular Psalm, it's like, kind of like the world is falling apart, kind of like Psalm 46 a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a call to trust in God and to the, the the psalmist is praising God as the one who protects him in every circumstance, and uh, it's a wonderful psalm, a, a prayer for protection, uh, to pray uh, when dangers surround us. Uh, but we also know uh, that there will come a time, there will come times in life when uh, when God allows dangers to to penetrate that fortress. There will come times in life. Uh, when I'm not protected from the pestilence, when I'm not, uh, when I become vulnerable, and there will come a time in my life uh, when my life will end uh, in in God's sovereign, uh, by God's sovereign decision. But until that time comes, and even in times of danger, um, we can still pray this psalm with confidence and with hope uh, in God's faithfulness, that God is our refuge, God is our fortress, God is the one in whom I put put my trust. And when that danger, when danger comes into my life that does harm me, it's going to be because he allowed it for his purpose. And I can trust him even then. So if you notice in the Psalm, verses one and two start with first singular pronouns. Um, so it says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. 
I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So it's very personal. The, the psalmist is saying, this is what I know about God, that he's the most high, that he's almighty, um, that he's my Lord, that he's a refuge fortress, and I can trust in that type of God. Mm-hmm. And then you notice in, in verses 3 through 13, the pronouns now change. It's as if the psalmist is speaking to you, the reader, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Mm-hmm. And you begin to work through verses 3 through 13, and you go, wait a minute, this isn't true. There, bad things happen to Christians. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I mean, even looking at this, you would say, oh, the great news is that no pestilence is going to come near me. The plague is not going to affect me. I'm safe from the coronavirus because God has promised that he's going to keep me from all of these negative things. Well, what I would suggest is happening in verses 3 through 13 is he's not saying that bad things aren't going to happen. What he's saying is that in the midst of all of these things that happen in life, you're safe. You're under God's care. You're under God's refuge. You're under God's protection. You're under God's care. You're not going to be kept from them, but in the midst of them, God is with you. I think that's the truth of Romans 8. I think it's the truth um, beautifully expressed in Isaiah 43 um, where that starts with the same sense of, um, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. It doesn't say that you won't have to pass through the waters. It says, when you do, I will be with you. And I think that's what Psalm 91 is saying, mm-hmm. is from ultimate evil, you're safe. From ultimate destruction, yeah. you're safe. From ultimate harm, you're safe. This is where the Bible is so helpful in readjusting our perspective on life. The worst thing that can happen to you, listen, dear listener, is not that you would die or that you would suffer for years and years and years with cancer or the loss of a child. Those are not the worst things that can happen to you. The worst thing that can happen to you is that you could fall into the hands of a living God uh, without Jesus Christ being your mediator. And if that's true, which that's what the whole story of the Bible is, then what Russ is saying here is that you can face these lesser evils, and if Christ is your mediator, then there really is nothing to fear ultimately. And that's really the truth of where the, the psalm, I'm going to take one issue with how this is translated. In verse 9, it says, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. Um, not to get too technical, but that's a key clause. Um, typically, we we do translate that as um, an explanation for something. But sometimes that key clause in the Hebrew is is actually an affirmation. And so I think really what's being said here is, that the Lord is your dwelling. Surely the Lord is your dwelling. It's a, it's a statement of fact, right? Um, not not a, co- a conditional statement. It's, it's actually, I think in this case, should be translated as a statement of fact. Yes. Um, and really it's saying is, God is your dwelling place. And because that's true, then no evil shall befall you. And then you get to verses at the end, 14 through 16. Now that the pronouns have changed, we're back to first person singular, I, but it's no longer the psalmist talking, God is. Mm -hmm. And because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. And it looks like, oh, it's based upon my love for God. But what do we know from the rest of Scripture? That we love God because... 
He loved us. He, he loved us. And, and it's yeah. interesting, that word for love there is not your normal use word for love. This is a deep, passionate love. And where do we first come across that word? In Deuteronomy 7. It's when God sets his love upon his people, not because they were many, not because they were strong, not because they were mighty. He sets his love on the, his people because he chose to set his love on his people. I loved you because I loved you. Yes. yes. And that's really, verse 14 is, mm-hmm. because God loves us, we love him. Mm-hmm. There's some verses in here uh, that we all know that uh, from the New Testament, from the Gospels, that uh, Satan demonstrated that he knows the Bible. And uh, will, will, the Satan himself will use the Bible for his purpose. Uh, verse 11, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. And you'll remember that uh, when Christ was uh, tempted by the devil uh, in the wilderness uh, before he began his public ministry, the, the second temptation that the devil offered to Jesus. He, he remember he took Jesus up to the pinnacle of the temple and said, "Throw yourself off," and in essence, give everybody. You'll give the world a vivid demonstration of who you are. Everybody will see, because God, after all, hasn't God promised that He will command His angels concerning you? Um, on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And most listeners, I'm sure, will remember Christ's response to that. He said, he declined the temptation and said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, yes, God, God has given promises of protection, uh, but I'm not, to flaunt those, I'm not to play God by flaunting those promises um, and expecting God to jump at my bidding. But God does make a promise at the end that he will be with us, that he will, says with long life I will satisfy. It really says, as long as you live, you'll be satisfied, and then you will see my salvation. And the ultimate um, prize of the child of God is not just that we're safe in this life, that we're safe for eternity, because our salvation is Jesus Christ. Amen. 